You're listening to a CNA podcast. Hi, it's me, Elizabeth Neo, and thank you for listening to Money Talks. I'm back with my limited series, Am I Adulting Right?, where I figure out some of life's money issues and chat with people who may have the answers. Here are some keywords for today's episode birthday parties, swimming lessons, daycare, insurance, a trust fund. You think we're talking about children, right? Uh, not quite, but close. We're talking about fur kids, which these days are as precious as human children to some people. Now, a report by Bloomberg found that the global pet industry is expected to grow by 500 billion US dollars by 2030, boosted by a growing pet population worldwide and demand for premium food and services for our furry friends. But is there such a thing as spending too much on your pets? So here to talk about this is Daniel Boy. You may know him as the godfather of fashion in Singapore, but he is also a dedicated dog dad to two rescues and he works with dog shelters on the side. Hello, Daniel. Maybe I should call you the dog father instead. (laughs) Hello. Thanks for having me on. Welcome to the show. So I know you have two lovely rescues. Yes, They're I not do. exactly young. So I'm very curious how much do you spend on them or how much have you spent on them so far? Oh dear, too much. Um, <laughs> um but you know, I would do anything for my dogs and I'll go to the end of the earth for them. So maybe I'll talk about how much I spend on them monthly because you know when you first get a dog, Mm. that's when you have to really invest, bring them for blood tests and and health and all that. So monthly with both my dogs, I spend uh, close to about uh, 1,005 to 2,000. But I have to justify that by saying that Leah is a senior dog. Mm. Leah's got arthritis, Leah's got alopecia. So her expenses tend to be a little higher. Hmm. Right, I, I feed them um, cooked food with a host of supplements and all that as well. And that's where the bulk of the money goes. But I see it as preparing for old age. Hmm. It's just like humans. You know, if we keep ourselves healthy, then our expenditure when we grow older will be less. I'm not saying that it's not going to rise, but it will be less compared to if we just let ourselves go. Hmm. Yeah. So you see it as an investment now and taking care of our health so that whatever happens in future, we could cut down on the medical expenses then they come with old age. That's right, that's right, yeah. And a dog. So both of your dogs also, they're not small dogs, so they eat a lot, right? And then that's where the cost comes in because we know food and vet care, those are the main costs for pet owners. Absolutely, yeah. I've made the choice to feed them cooked food and um, to give them supplements and and fruits for example like uh, blueberries are really good in uh, antioxidants blueberries are also very expensive but um, it's healthy for them they eat really clean because Leah's an ex-breeding dog I don't know her history Luna was given up as a puppy during COVID family bought her during COVID and when lockdown uh, was lifted they gave her up so I don't know their histories but the best thing I can do is to make sure that they eat healthy they've got a clean healthy gut and I remembered for the first three years when I used to bring Leah for tighter tests, she used to fail it miserably. Mm. But 
just before COVID hit, I brought her for a titer test and she passed, mm. which means, you know, she's healthier, her gut is strong, and that's the best thing I can do for a dog, you know, to, to keep them healthy. So about 1005 a month for two dogs. For two dogs, for two yeah. Dogs. yeah. Did you anticipate such an amount getting these dogs? Actually, I did. I went into it uh, completely prepared. So my dogs have a bank account. You know, a so, bank account. <laughs> a bank account. So I set aside a, a portion of my income uh, to put it into the bank account, not because they need it now, mm. but in case of emergencies, you never know what's going to happen. Can I ask how much goes into the bank account and what the money will be used for? Well, I set aside 20% of my income every month. And you know, with us creatives, our income varies from month to month. So I have to be very disciplined to set aside 20% of whatever I earn put it into their bank account. This is a real-life example. Leah is going to remove her spleen because we discovered that one of her lungs um, that was removed two months ago was malignant. Mm. So things like that you can't predict. But what do you do? Do you send her to the vet for surgery or do you just ignore it? Because if you ignore it, it's to the dog's detriment. So this is where I, I dip into the kitty for emergencies. Wow. Okay, since you're talking about bank accounts... Do you buy insurance for your dogs then? I'm of two minds about insurance in Singapore. I think dog insurance is a very good thing in Australia where dog insurance really is catered or designed for the welfare of your dog. You buy insurance not because you want to take money out for their yearly vaccinations. You take insurance out for your dogs for emergencies. If they've got to go for a massive surgery, if they've got um, to remove a spleen, for instance. But having explored all the various options, I find that it's just not worth um, investing in insurance for the dogs. Plus, your dog and my dog are ex-breeding dogs. That's right. And they're not eligible for insurance. Which That's right. It's just not fair for the dogs. The dogs did not choose to, to give birth to puppies. Mm. As Daniel mentioned, my dog is an ex-breeding dog as well and I got her when she was quite old and they didn't really know her age. She came with health problems as well and it didn't make sense for me to get insurance. But I do find myself walking out quite a bit at vet visits and um, of course I have to be disciplined in my personal spending so that mm. I have money every month should anything happen should I need to top up of a medication um, I will be able to spend on that mm -hmm. um, Daniel what are some of your considerations when it comes to spending on your dogs for you what are some non-negotiables as far as my expenditure is concerned I've, I've got two lists I've got the absolute essentials and I've got the nice to haves so for absolute essentials for example, food, that's non-negotiable. The dogs have to eat well because that contributes to their health. If the dogs eat well and they're healthy, then it means fewer visits to the vet. And that includes supplements, things like probiotics. Supplements are important for humans as well, right? Preventives, things like anti-flea, anti-tick uh, medication because you know when we bring our dogs out and if they get flea-infested, it means bigger bills at the vet, Right, And it also means keeping them healthy. If they get, like, for example, tick fever, it could shorten the life of your dog. Mm. So I think preventives are very important. Vaccinations. You don't have to vaccinate your dog if they pass your titer test. But vaccinations, doing annual blood works. You know, now that our dogs are older, I do it every six months. Mm. But those are very important because it helps you check on the health of your dog and determine if there are lumps that need to be removed, mm. which is exactly how we discovered Leah's lump. Health is so important. 
living conditions, keeping your dogs safe, which also means getting things like dog gates to prevent them from running out. Mm. Leah's got orthopedic problems, so I make sure that I get her an orthopedic bed, proper harnesses and leash, and training. Okay, <laughs> training is a very grey area. I studied dog training, and I know how to train dogs. And yet, I still get trainers in every time I get a new dog. But I see that as an essential luxury. Mm. Because if your dogs are not well-adjusted, if you don't train your dogs well, you think you're a trainer, but you're not a trainer by watching YouTube videos, then it may lead to um, problems later on. And that's why we see a lot of people giving up their dogs because they're aggressive. We have to realise that dogs do not know how to live in our environment. Mm. We've got to teach them how to live in our environment. So I think that's important. Mm. A lot of these things that you mention may also be luxuries to some, or rather some pet owners may not be able to afford training, for example, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or supplements that are right, on the higher right. end price range. Mm-hmm. Some Singaporeans are known to be willing to spend on their dogs, and that's because we want to give our pets the best, even things like exotic treats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now technology, fitness trackers, yes. cameras... Are these things necessary, you think? Some of the things that you've mentioned are are luxuries. For example, I feed my dogs well, but I don't see the need in giving them exotic treats. Dogs are not like humans where we need to eat different meals every day and we need to have different experiences going out to restaurants. Dogs are very simple creatures with very simple needs. So if you give them good, healthy food. You don't have to give them crocodile and frog and all that. It's a luxury. What I think dog owners should do is to have secret meats, meaning when your dogs grow older, sometimes their palate changes and they may reject the food that you've been feeding them. So give them secret meats that they've never tasted. Mm. So that's a tip for, for dogs when they get older. But supplements, for instance, expensive supplements doesn't mean that they're good. Mm. Right, So choose the right supplements for them and get a dog within your financial means. If you're a dog lover, you don't have to get a big dog if you can't afford it. You can Mm. always get a small dog. All dogs will give you equal amount of love. (laughs) So you don't have to get a big dog just because your friend has a big dog and you love big dogs. If you can't afford it, get a smaller dog. Mm. Right, And if you really can't afford a dog right now, volunteer at the shelter. You'll be surrounded by tons and tons of dogs. Right, So there are many ways to give back and to love dogs. That's very true. It is also very tempting when you look at all these products and the market, different kinds of foods. When you go to the pet store, you're just Mm -hmm. bombarded by rows and rows and rows of pet food. And then it all sounds good to you. Even pet services. Mm -hmm. I know people who go to animal communicators. They invest in wearables for the pets and themselves and all that. So, you know, this is really a lucrative market, quite a prosperous business, if you want to say that way. Do you have any tips to share on how we can cut these costs? So you mentioned things like getting a dog that suits your financial means, a smaller dog, or taking care of the health from young so that it doesn't incur costs later on in their lives. Any other tips you can offer to dog parents on how they can cut down on costs, especially, you know, your monthly costs? Mm-hmm. Do your research. Don't believe in advertising. Right? If if it's too good to be true, it probably is. You mentioned that there there's so many products on the shelves right now. Everything is available, all the information is available at our fingertips. Just go onto Google, do your research, find out what's good for your dog, what's bad for your dog. And again, there are such things as dog allergies. So mm-hmm. something that's good for your dog may not be good for mine. 
So do your research. We live in Singapore. There's no need for our dogs to wear clothes. I've seen people buying clothes from the US and all putting the dogs in in sweats, sweaters and all that. There's no need for that. Dress your dog in the privacy of your home. Take pictures, <laughs> but don't walk your dog in that. It's not necessary. Invest in a good quality leash and a harness or a martingale collar, you know, that wouldn't snap. We read about a lot of lost dogs because their leash snapped and all that. That's because there are so many leashes and collars mm. that are ornamental, right? But they may not necessarily be good for rough day-to-day wear. So do your research and, and be smart with what you spend your money on. So invest in items, especially daily use items. Invest in one that is good quality and reliable so that you don't have to keep changing and therefore spending more money on it. But also things like vet visits. There are the surprise vet visits and then there are the annual ones. But is there any way to reduce the cost on that one? Because that is quite a big strain on the pocket. I personally feel that way. I get a lot of surprises at the vet. But this is something that I cannot compromise on. But is there any way that I can save on so protect my my own wallet right right well unfortunately for health just like humans if you've got to see a doctor you've got to see a doctor but choose a vet that's trusted choose a vet that's as invested in your dog as you are we're very lucky to have a great vet not only is she just a vet but she gives us advice as well you know in your daily life do this do this do this and it will cut down on your visits to the vet Mm. this product is good this product is not so good and she doesn't stand to benefit from that because we buy it from grocery stores we order Mm. it online but get a vet that will give you as much information and be invested in your dog Mm. so she will help you look after your dog as well I just pick up on that point buying the of recommendations mm-hmm. online and, and stuff like that. Is it cheaper? This is a money-saving tip. Yes. Is it cheaper to purchase certain of your dog's necessities online? Do you find it cheaper or like getting it from the grocery stores? Well, certain things are cheaper, but never ever buy medication online because there's so much fake medication out there. That's right. So for medication, get it from the proper sources. Mm. But supplements, even food, do your research. You know, there are many, many food companies out there. Some are out there for your dog, just to get your dollar. Some are actually very invested in your dog's Mm. health. If you ask them questions and they take a genuine interest in building a for example, a diet for your dog, then you know that that's the place for you. Mm. Right? Rather than buying from supermarkets, I go to supermarkets as an emergency, but you can get your greens and your vegetables and all that from wholesale places. Mm. And what we've done in our neighbourhood, our neighbourhood has a really tight dog group, we pull our our shopping. Mm. So you get massive discounts when you buy in bulk. So it's little tips like that. Get your neighbourhood dog lovers together. If you're all um, buying the same product, maybe you can get discounts in group in buys. Bulk. Yeah, group buys. Group buys for yes. supplements which exactly. are expensive. Yeah, yeah. Hi, my name is Julie Yu, and I'm the host of The Climate Conversations. Each week, I speak to guests who give us tips on how we can protect the Earth. Every once in a while, we also have interesting stories, like how Singapore's first Tesla owner prompted billionaire Elon Musk to reach out to Prime Minister Lee Sen Long, or a chef who makes the juiciest burgers from only plant-based ingredients. For more stories like these, look for The Climate Conversations on our CNA and Me Listen apps or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Well, of course, this Money Talks episode is really interesting because it's about our furry friends. But it has to go back to the main point, which is how you plan your finances oh <laughs> around your pets. So, what are some practical tips that you employ to ensure your discipline in your spending on your pets? I know sometimes we tend to let our emotions get in the mm-hmm. way, or like we... me, <laughs> <laughs> I'm guilty of that too. So, I totally understand, but. You know, at the end of the day, we don't want to put a strain on our, on our wallets and then mm-hmm, end up absolutely. having you find that the pet is a drag on your finances. Mm-hmm. What is something or some things that you do to ensure you are responsible with your finances when it comes to your pets? Well, you know, having a pet and, and budgeting for a pet is no different from budgeting for ourselves. So if it helps, keep a spreadsheet. Every month, your monthly expenditures, the things that you must have, the luxuries and emergency expenditures. So if that particular month you've got, for example, an emergency expenditure, then what are the things you can cut down on next month? Maybe give instead of two or three different supplements, maybe cut down on supplements. That might be good as well because, you know, you detox your dog once in a while. Mm. So keep a spreadsheet if that helps you keep track of your expenses and never, never feel the need to to pull money out from the emergency fund if it's not an emergency. With pay now, it's so easy to just keep paying and paying and paying and soon you realise that there's no money left. Mm. So keep it really for emergencies. Mm. With my dog's account, I don't even have a card. Right. So it's very difficult to get money out from there right. for a reason. Yeah. So if you are in the camp where you know you think you should be starting a little fund for your pet's don't touch it unless absolutely necessary. This is called an emergency fund for exactly. a reason. Exactly. All yeah. right. Any other tips you have to be a financially responsible pet parent? Um, any tips you have um, to share with our listeners on how they can save on their pet expenses? I think just be educated. Shop around for the best bargains, but be educated. I see a lot of people going on Facebook asking for advice. Some advice is really good. Some advice is it's not practical advice. But with education, you can sieve out the good advice from the bad. And that's how you get bargains, mm. you know. And most important thing, even with, with humans, if the deal is too good to be true, yeah, it's probably a scam. You know, okay. And there are lots of scammers out there. Mm. I know a lot of people who want to adopt because they think it's cheaper than buying a dog and all that. But really, There's that's a just a tip. It's though. a misconception, yeah. You adopt a dog because you, you love the dog. It mm. takes a, a very special person with a lot of empathy to adopt a dog. It's not for everyone. But it's not the cheap option to getting a dog because yeah. that's just the tip of the iceberg, right? And when you get a dog, the first couple of months is when you spend the most money because you've got to bring the dog to the vet to check if the dog is healthy. You've got to slowly transition the dog to the food and all that. So the first three to six months is when you spend the most money. Okay. It's like having a baby. The first couple of years is when you spend the most money on the baby and you're experimenting with what the baby can eat and all that. And then after that, it's just smooth sailing because it's it's routine. So for a start, if anyone out there is thinking of getting a pet, a dog, you should definitely have more money at the start first because exactly. of the first three to six months, you will definitely be spending more, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. getting checkups and easing your pet basically into your lifestyle. But I think that's also applicable to people who are buying their dogs. Exactly, um, yeah. As a puppy, as you said, right? Even babies, they need all the nappies, yeah. the food and to baby-proof the house. So these are your expenses mm-hmm. that you should be considering before you get a dog, whether it is adopting or buying 
Right. One from pet and, store. Um, at the end of the day, when you talk about luxuries, for instance, there are some things that are luxuries for some people, mm. but absolutely essential for others. For example, animal communicators. If it gives you peace of mind, then speak to an animal communicator. If you can afford it, speak to an AC. People speak to ACs for many, many different reasons. The dogs have passed on. You want to communicate with your dog. Your dogs are ill. You want to communicate with them. So that's a necessity for them but it may not be a necessity for others. So mm. every case is different. Okay. What are some expenses that are absolutely not necessary? Vanity things. Anything that that is for vanity. It's like humans. We wear basic clothes and then we have vanity clothes. So anything for vanity, do you really need that extra dog collar that, that costs a four-figure sum? Do you really need that sweater for your dog? You know, once you've got the essentials, the important thing is keeping your dog safe. My dogs get a lot of gifts, right? But those are fine. But those gifts are not necessarily things that are suitable for, for me to put on the dog when I'm walking my dog. Mm. So I take lots of pictures of my dogs at home, you know, doing Chinese New Year. We do our Chinese New Year cards. But these are luxuries. These are not essentials. There are also a lot of things, for example, food. Apart from giving your dog a balanced diet, there are a lot of things that are not necessary to feed your mm. dogs. Dogs are not gourmets. Dogs will eat anything. And that's why as humans, we have to control their diet in order to keep them healthy. I see a lot of humans over-loving their dogs. You know, their dogs are obese. Over-loving. Yeah, over-loving. Okay. Which is also harmful because when your dogs are obese, it also comes with a host of health problems. Right. And then under-loving meaning, I don't groom my dog. I've spoke to my groomer and there are people who just bring their dogs in once a year. Mm. They want to groom their dog before Christmas. They want to groom their dogs before Chinese New Year. But their dogs are in such a bad state. Their nails are too long. Their fur is matted. So if you keep consistently grooming your dog, your dogs are healthy. And in the end, it's going to work out financially better, mm. you know, than, than if you were to just do an emergency treatment and, and you know shave all your dogs and all that it may end up costing more mm. plus your dogs are going to be happy as well and they will, they will return <laughs> the love in tenfold well Daniel you've been working with dogs for many years you mm-hmm. volunteer you have your own dogs as well what is the worst money advice you've seen when it comes to spending on pets I've had a lot of people approaching me saying, oh, you know, you should feed your dog exotic meat. If you love your dog, you will buy your dog this, you buy your dog that. But these are luxuries and they're not needs. Mm. And But having said that, I would do anything to spend on my dog. But I have made adjustments to my home as well. For instance, when I first got Luna, Luna would, would nibble on all the wooden legs of my furniture. So I, I would switch my furniture around and put the furniture with wooden legs in a room that are off limits to the dogs. And I've changed all the legs of the furniture. I've changed the furniture to furniture with metal legs. Mm. So for that, it's not just about the dog. It's about my life as well. You know, keeping tabs on my living expenses. Mm. And if I switch the furniture now and I get a longer run from the furniture, I don't have to keep changing my furniture year in, year out. Every Chinese year changing it because <laughs> my dogs have nibbled on the legs. You know, so it's really like how you adjust your life when you have a baby. Mm. So likewise with dogs, you know, it's not just about feeding the dog, but it's about adjusting your life to suit the dogs as well. So adjusting your life and I think adjusting your financial priorities. Exactly. Um, how I'm do you... shopping less. I'm buying less clothes. Exactly. So <laughs> this brings me to my next question. How do you balance the costs of pet ownership with your other financial priorities? Oh, good Lord. Um, well, I ask myself before I buy anything, do I really need this? Does it match everything else in my wardrobe or is it 
and extravagance, right? And I realized that if I had saved all this money, all my 50 years, I'll be a millionaire right now. <laughs> I bought so many unnecessary things, but it's made me more disciplined as a parent. It's made me way more disciplined. And now I watch my expenses. If I go and eat out, I don't eat out extravagantly every single night now. Do I really need that dinner or can I just go to the hawker center? Mm. You know, because everything I save can potentially give me a better life and give my dogs a better life, mm. right? And it makes more prudent financial sense as well because I'm a single parent mm. and I'm not young. Mm. So there'll come a time when that advice that for my dogs will apply to me too. Okay. You know, so that, that financial discipline applies to me too, humans. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to play a round of quick fire questions with you and I'm going to name an expense. Okay. And you tell me if you think this is a need or a luxury. Okay. At the end, you can tell me why. Okay, sure. Okay. So, dog training. I think it's essential if you don't have any knowledge on how to look after dogs. I've had dogs since I was in primary school. So to me, it's an essential luxury. Okay. But I can train my own dogs. Okay. But if you are totally ignorant, if you're a first-time dog owner, it's an essential. Okay. For me, I think that would be a luxury mm -hmm. unless mm -hmm. your dog is aggressive right, and right. you need to, you know, for the safety of other dogs, sure, your family sure. members, and yourself. Yes. Okay, second one, regular grooming. Regular grooming is absolutely essential, not just to keep your dog looking beautiful, but for health reasons as well. Because it's like us, why do we shower every single day mm. to keep ourselves clean? So if you send your dogs for regular grooming. It also keeps them healthy, keeps them clean. But there is such a thing as overshowering your dog because you strip away all the essential oils. We can moisturize ourselves. Our dogs can't. Okay. For me, I think that regular grooming is also a need, but you can cut down on the number mm. of visits by showering your dog at home yes. and only bringing your dog maybe once a month or so for cutting their nails if you can't do that yes. at home and getting yeah. their coat tidied up. I agree, I agree. And if you can't afford to groom your dog and trim the fur and all that, get a short-haired dog. That's right. Right? That's yeah. so much cheaper. Singapore specials are mostly, I, I noticed they're mostly short coats. So that yes. is something economical. Both my girls are, are short coat dogs as well. That's right, you yeah. think about that. Okay, number three, sterilization. Absolutely essential because if you don't sterilize your dogs, you don't neuter your dogs, it could come with a whole lot of health issues later on. For example, female dogs could get pyometra, which is fatal. Mm. You know, and dogs do not think like us. Just because you neuter a dog, you're not taking away his manhood. Dogs don't think <laughs> like us, you know? Okay. Yeah. So let's not project. Exactly. Okay. Let's not humanize our dogs. Agree. And I agree with you on that one. Sterilization is absolutely necessary. Number four, customized diet. Customized diets, I think, are a luxury. But let me justify this. I think you should feed your dogs what is good for them, what is healthy for them. But if you go to someone and customize it, only do it if you are a working professional and you don't have time to do it, right? And again, go into this with your eyes open and educate yourself mm -hmm. because there are lots of scams out there. There are lots mm -hmm. of scams who try to sell you the most expensive meats, the most expensive diets to make a quick buck. Customize your diet for the best interest of your dog, but you can do it on your own. Okay, I agree with that. I think it is a luxury. Mm. Uh, unless, of course, your dog 
is deadly allergic to chicken, then yes, yes, you know exactly. stuff like that you don't want to put. Yeah. But the thing is, you are in control of that. If your dog is allergic to chicken, then don't feed chicken. You don't need mm. an expert to tell you that. Mm. Okay, and the last one, a pet sitter or a pet hotel when you are away. It's an essential luxury because when I'm working, when I'm traveling, I put my dogs with someone. But I do not believe in pet hotels because we've just read so many horror stories of pet hotels and the industry is not regulated. So you see dogs being abused you know, and, and people calling them out. But I think the dogs that have been called out as being abused, it's just the tip of the iceberg. There are probably hundreds and thousands of other dogs out there. And you hear about, for example, the platinum case where dogs dying as a result of dog boarding. Mm. So I don't believe in dog boarding, but I believe in finding a trusted person who can look after your dog. And if that trusted person is a dog sitter, if that trusted person is someone um, that, that you can bring your dogs to their home and they can look after your dogs like what I do, then, mm. then it's an absolute necessity. Agree. Okay, so I think that it is a necessity because you have to travel, right? Mm -hmm. But one way you can save money is if you have a trusted friend who also has a pet and then you dog sit for each other and then you know return the favor and stuff like that mm -hmm. so this is an expense that's that exactly you can what save. i do that's exactly yeah. what i do and i know that my dogs are in safe hands i get separation anxiety so when i travel <laughs> you know my friend will send me pictures and reports of her dogs playing with my dogs and all that so i know my dogs are safe Okay. While not all of us can afford to pamper our pets like Karl Lagerfeld and his prized kitty Chopet, who reportedly has her own butlers, it is possible to give our pets a good life without breaking the bank. Responsible spending would ensure you're able to provide for your pets in the long term. And being a discerning consumer of pet goods would ensure you're not subjecting your pets to the latest fads which may or may not work so well for their health. At the end of it, you don't want your pet to be a strain on your finances and eventually be forced to give it up. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of Am I Adulting Right? Is there such a thing as spending too much on your pets? Thank you for being on our show, Daniel. Thank you very much for having me. If you've enjoyed this episode of Money Talks, do check out our other episodes on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts. You can also follow us there for the latest updates and leave us a review while you're at it. The team behind Money Talks is Joanne Chan, Jacqueline Chan, Crispina Robert, Saya Wynn and me, Liz Neo. 